0: Now, get ready to spend the next two hours with our three sports-loving ladies, Lauren Brooks, Taylor Dahl, and Mia O'Brien. This is Helmets and Heels, driven by Tire Outlet, brought to you by Underwood Jewelers on 1010XL.
1: Welcome in, welcome in everyone. It is such a glorious Tuesday night here on the First Coast, I cannot begin to tell you How many people just took in the Riley Green concert? And one of my favorite things, ladies, I was standing at the top of the hill at 17, and it was, I mean, obviously just packed Mm beyond... uh, beyond what we normally see for 17 and that's a lot of people but the golfers that are still practicing so they're on 16 and then obviously they can't do anything on 17 so they're just like walking through and they start jamming out to riley green (laughs) and the music and so that was really fun to watch uh and and riley did a fantastic job he played more, honestly, music than I thought he would. Uh, and I do have some celebrity sightings to share. Oh, uh, we yes. love that. Did that he do a cover? He did. He did a, a couple of covers. OK. Yes, I
0: heard one. Check yes or no. Did he do?
1: Uh, he might have done that. I, so I was walking between here where we are, Sawgrass Square and there at the very beginning of his concert. And then I had to walk back here because okay. I knew I didn't want to get trapped in
0: the crowd <laughs> of people. Yeah,
1: walking back here because I was like, I'm not going to make it on time. <laughs> Miss then. the show. So I didn't hear a check yesterday. No, but that does not mean that he did not uh, do that cover. But he also let each of the band members play, like, something on their respective instruments, which mm-hmm. was really fun. Like, one person played Paradise City by Guns N' Roses. And uh, so, yeah, it was he did a fantastic job. But, so Celebrity Sightings, uh, former Jaguars quarterback Blake Bortles. Oh, Blake. Oh, Blake. Blake. Blake still in a chalet because naturally you should be in a 17 <laughs> chalet when you've been. A I want to know.
2: So rumor on the street, word on the street was that Blake's new house that he was designing mm-hmm. apparently has a golf simulator in the basement. That would not surprise me. I want to know if he's going to challenge Scobie as first former Jaguar to make it onto a tour in professional golf. That would be a good question. In the basement I get the here? Sense,
1: so in the basement of his house. Like in Florida? Yeah, yes. in Jacksonville. Oh. Yeah, right. Like how is there a
0: basement in yeah. Florida? I <laughs> know, I know. I
1: guess if you build up, it's not really. It was great. like yeah. r- water
0: surrounded. <laughs> yeah, yeah. he built. He You're built on the island. The ground. The <laughs> ground. Uh,
1: but yeah, so when we used to do our show at the Yards, Blake would be there a lot. And mm-hmm. so I don't know that he necessarily wants to play professional golf, but I do think that he really enjoys it. And when you've got that competitive spirit in you, which obviously he does and, and every former football player has, then uh, then you certainly want to channel that. And then the other celebrity sighting would be current Jaguars quarterback Trevor Lawrence and his wife Marissa some may say Marissa is even a bigger celebrity (laughs) than Trevor Uh, it depends on you know what you follow as far as social media is concerned but yeah so we have the quarterbacks here and uh and of course Riley Green is celebrity my one of my good friends is here and she texted me oh my gosh he is so attractive (laughs) and then my cousin texted me he might be the most attractive man I've ever seen in my life so there you go and they were all here And they were here. Okay. Yeah. So they get to see him up close. Everybody who knows about these types of concerts. So I walked by the Island Green around 2.15 today. Mm -hmm. And it was already people establishing their spots. So if you next year, whenever the next artist is announced, if you know you want to come see that person, take off half a day Mm -hmm. and get here by like 2-ish. Bring your chair, set your stuff up. That way, you can go wander around, have fun, and then go back, and your, your stuff spot's is, there. Is already there. Yep.
2: Yeah. I mean, I can tell you this. Even you know, myself and Graham Marsh got here 8:40 in the morning, and we went out to start filming around nine, and we went out to that awesome new area right behind 17. Um, they've really expanded it expanded it this year. They got the Grove by Maestro, Dobel Tequila. They've got the 904 Bar. They've obviously got the 17th. Uh, green Challenge. Did you
1: have tequila at 8 a.m.?
2: Uh, I did not. They made <laughs> me a mocktail, but it was funny oh, because okay. we went to film a segment and the Montana, the awesome manager over there, was like, I feel really bad. Like, it's empty right now. But I was like, no, 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 no. Like, we wanted to come and, like, you know, film before things get, like, super, super hectic. Mm-hmm. And uh, sure enough, Graham and I uh, ended up back over there filming some more stuff around 345. And it was a mob scene. Oh, wow. um, but they've really expanded the seating and lounging over there right nice. by the fan shop. And so this morning it was quiet. So if you want to, like, lounge over there, maybe, like, do it in the morning. Because let me tell you, by three thirty four o'clock, it was crazy over there.
1: Yeah, this is one of my favorite events, really, of the year, the military appreciation. As many people know, my both of my grandfathers served in the military. My dad served, my brother served, and my uncle served. So there's a long history there. And, and certainly we know our good friend Donna Murphy, who used to be on the show, her husband served. And I know there's lots more people than that um, that I'm friends with who have served as well. It takes a serious commitment and a serious sacrifice. Yeah. And so, you know, being deployed is a really big deal to those families. And they brought a family out earlier, Taylor. And they presented them with a check. And I was really hoping that the deployed dad and husband would surprise the mm-hmm. family. But obviously, uh, it didn't It didn't require that today or, or it didn't allow for that uh, today, unfortunately. But I'm sure that family would be reunited soon. And so it's just really special to honor these people who do so much for us.
0: It is. I love it. It's definitely – it's one of the days where it really makes you – Think if you're not thinking about it every day because yep. obviously you sure. have family members. I my grandpa also uh, he was a marine, so it's when it's close you maybe think about it a little more. But as I was driving out here, honestly today, I was like, man, it's such a beautiful thing. And it, it, when it comes to military appreciation, when it comes to the the f- the focal point that Jacksonville gets to become mm-hmm. in honoring such such a great thing and great thing for our country. So as I was I was driving over the intercoastal and I'm like, man, this is just such a cool time of year and it's one that sometimes maybe you take advantage of and it was a moment that I was like, I'm sitting in traffic. I'm going <laughs> to embrace this moment for a minute that not everybody gets to experience these things. And we get to do it every year.
1: Yeah, and it, it makes sense. You know, I understand people do have to work. And it's a challenge getting out here on a Tuesday, you know, early afternoon. I certainly understand that. But if there's ever a time that, that you think, you know what, I want to experience that one time. I haven't been able to go. I highly recommend, mm-hmm. like I said, taking half a day off. And, and props to Riley Green. I mean, he – I so I always anticipate they're only going to play like – Maybe like thirty to forty-five minutes worth of songs and, mm-hmm. and wrap it up because, from what I understand, it's not like this is the type of revenue that they would get from a traditional concert yeah. because this is for military. And so he he played. I mean, I didn't keep track of what time exactly he started, but I probably walked over there at five. So I think he played a little over an, an hour, hour I was which about is to say I which to is so impressive. <laughs> yes. And and like I said earlier, the the ladies loved it. All right, we've got a giveaway, so we will let you be caller number three right now six four one ten ten to get $15 to the goat tapas bar. They will be out here at the players. They're also located in Jack's Beach near the bricks. $15 to the goat tapas bar. Call number three six four, one, ten, ten. All right, let's talk a little golf. Mia, did you see anything as you were perusing the golf course earlier today?
2: Um, in terms of practice rounds, yes, I did see that Billy Horschel uh, had the best round in the morning group, uh, was 12 under. That would have been tied for the lead among okay. again the practice rounds. Of course, I also saw several golfers who were out with their swing coaches and their uh, putting instructors and so they may or may not have you know maybe messed around and taken a couple mulligans sure. here and there <laughs> just to just to see how certain greens play um, for me Lauren and having played the course at media day a month ago the, the thing that stands out, and I mentioned it during the handoff, is Hole 9, which is typically a more difficult hole on the course, but now with the expanded tee box, it's really cool because now they have the Oasis featuring Tito's Stillhouse Lounge, and so that's a great spot for fans. But that then, in moving the tee box back and creating that area between 8 and 9, has also made Hole 9 the longest hole on the course. And so um, that, that's going to be a grinder, I can tell you, uh, when I was playing a month ago. Rick, Rick Ballew is the witness. Like, I I had a great front nine. Like, I was cruising. And for me to say that, that's saying a lot. Um, especially with my clubs from 1988. Shout out to Edwin Watts, though. Got my new pair, uh, new set of clubs coming, which is awesome. Nice. Um, but uh, then, and obviously, a great 10-10 client as well. Um, but got to nine, and let me tell Whoa. you, it was Woo, baby. So um, it'll be really curious to see. And then knowing that 10, 11, 12, 13 can also be a bit of a grind. um, It's curious to see, you know, what that'll do for the golfers come this weekend. Um, but other than that, um, I know that Trevor was following John Rahm, and obviously his pairing with Rory and Scotty Scheffler mm-hmm. is going to be electric. Our good friend Mark Carnaval, PGA Tour Live, is going to be following them, and so it was great to kind of hear from him. And he had just been at Arnold Palmer as well. He said the crowds at Bay Hill this past weekend were as large as he has seen since Tiger was winning at Bay Hill. Wow. So the hope is that that carries over to this week, and I know our good friends at the Players' Championship would love nothing more than that. And we saw a great crowd out here today.
1: Yeah, we certainly did. Yeah, as far as golfers go, Taylor, I mean, there are so many guys that I think could win this tournament, not just because the leaderboard is constantly shuffling around other events, but because this course is so hard. Mm -hmm. And so, honestly, a week ago we had, less than a week ago now, we were at Island Wing and we had Jared Rice on for the final time on Friday when we got back from Indianapolis. And at that point in time, the weather looked like it was going to be Sunny and warm the first two days, and then all of a sudden turned to cold wind and rain Mm -hmm. for Saturday, Sunday after the cut. And so it was like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe that this is going to be the weather after last year's weather. Like, <laughs> no. that's not going to be fun for these golfers. And we've golfers. had like three
0: weeks of great weather, we too. We really <laughs> have, yeah. And
1: so uh, and so, seriously, I was so glad to see that the weather changed, and it looks like we're going to have a terrific, terrific Players Championship, and I'm um, certainly looking forward to not just the practice rounds, but of course, uh, moving day and, and all the rest. All right, when we come back, we're going to get to the Jacksonville Jaguars. We will unveil our music theme and a whole lot more, and our friends from future home. Lo- Home Loans are here to uh, help us celebrate the next couple hours. They, they have to stay the entire time. <laughs> You're listening to Helmets and Heels, driven by at on 10 to next, 92.5 FM.
3: I'm smiling mm, the wait is over I see lightning Storm passing over I want white feet I'm not a casting over You a light beam A perfect supernova Baby
0: Tuesday night tradition in Duval.
2: Helmets and Heels. Driven by
0: Tire Outlet. Brought to you by Underwood Jewelers. On 1010XL. All
3: right,
1: our music theme tonight, as thought of by one Taylor Doll. Songs to welcome Calvin Ridley to the Jacksonville Jaguars and to Jacksonville. Taylor, this is your song. Tell this us is why you picked it.
0: Well, the song's called Supernova, but the the gist of the song is he's talking about, like, I fall down, but it's not the end. I'll be back. I'll be back better. I'll be back happier. I love that. That type of thing. So at first I was sending a different song, and then I was like, I don't know if that one's appropriate, so let me just <laughs> <laughs> this. What was the I'll, other song? I'll wait until I hear your songs, just oh, in case, because okay. I feel like, I don't know, Mia, sometimes our brains are on the same wavelengths when it comes to the songs, so I'm going to see just what she does first.
1: Okay, well, we will wait and find out what your alternative mm-hmm. song was. Uh, JJ LaSelva, back at Tintin xl headquarters, how are you doing this evening? I'm good. How much golf will you get to watch this week?
3: I'll be there uh, Thursday and Friday, so plenty. Actually, when you're there, you actually don't get to watch so much. I was going to
1: say, off, yeah. yeah, that's the only uh, tricky part.
3: Saturday and Sunday, I would definitely be home on the couch watching. So. Okay, perfect. Most so, of the important rounds.
1: So, JJ, I need some advice when it comes to Loser Monday. So, we make selections, and we don't have to pick the winner. We just have to pick someone who doesn't lose, meaning obviously have the, when it comes to golf, the highest score. So, give me a couple names of guys you think are surefire bets to not lose me Loser Monday.
3: Um, I would say... Well, f- somebody's going to take Rahm number one. So uh, And
1: so Gibby has the number one pick. That's a good call. I will pick second. I would assume, yes, Andrew Gibson will take John Rahm. I would Rory, assume
3: Rory, you know, Scheffler, those guys are definitely going to go number one through three, I would assume.
2: They're the three betting favorites according to Sportsline, since the good friends over at My Bookie have not released their odds yet. John Rom and Rory McElroy plus eight fifty, Scotty Scheffler plus one thousand, and of course Rory and Scotty Scheffler, both T ten, T four, I believe, actually, at API last weekend. But go, here go is with what Tom Kim. Kim.
1: <laughs> I, I do wish Tom Kim. not in doubt, Tom I will, Kim. I will say though, rem- so those whenever you look at betting odds, they are picking the favorites to win. There's never anything that says, mm-hmm. I just need my golfer to make, make the, the cut. cut. Yeah. That is what I need. I need a safe pick. I don't necessarily need a winner because sometimes, yes, John Roms, Scheffler. I picked Scheffler last year. He didn't, uh, didn't do too well <laughs> at all. Yeah, and I lost, and I almost lost the entire year. Uh, but so
0: Thanks, I, Scheffler. <laughs> yeah, so,
1: JJ, let me bounce a couple names off of you, like a Max Homa, a Cantlay, a Schaffler. I feel like those guys are safe picks, not necessarily
2: winners. Here's No, another Max JJ, Homa, I, w-
3: I would say Max Homa. Thomas hot right now, but not yeah. a safe bet. Okay, Here,
2: okay. Here's one I would go with, Lauren. How about the champion from two years ago, Justin Thomas? He's competed yeah. in this mm-hmm. event seven times. Mm-hmm. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight times he's, he's been at the players. He has only missed the cut. Once. Wow.
1: And I've certainly thought long and hard about Justin Thomas. I was trying to avoid him, though, as my co-hosts are probably listening right now. And I didn't really want to give. didn't want to give you honest answers. <laughs> right. I was for trying to leave everyone
2: astray. I'm now rea- realizing this as I'm looking more in yeah. the weeds. It wasn't that he got cut in 2020. It's that the tournament got canceled. Yeah. That would be correct. So yeah, he yeah. has never missed the cut. Wow. So he's 7 for chance. 7 here. Yes. It's, yeah.
1: Yeah. And I honestly, I, I think Justin Thomas is a great pick. I, the only – thing about Scheffler is literally my history my personal emotional history with him <laughs> your
0: scars Out- yeah outside <laughs> of
1: that he's obviously a terrific golfer Rory McIlroy I think he has missed the cut here if i remember correctly uh, Mia you can tell me if i'm i'm wrong on that uh Ram and Rory i feel like have both missed the cut here uh, but I could be wrong. It just could be Let my – It's interesting history.
0: because everybody that has been on to talk about golf, Primetime had guests on. Obviously, Reimer was yep. on when I was in the car on the mm-hmm. way out here. Every single one of them, when they asked the question, like, who do you think like look, seems to be the guy that could win this year? They're all like, we don't know. Like, yeah. so many guys. And oh.
1: honestly, I wonder, Taylor – that's a great point. I wonder if you went back and researched how many – people were projected as the clear cut favorite of the players actually One. won like a tiger i'm sure that yeah, was yeah. that was something
0: but even in, like, top three, like, how often has that happened in the right, last two years? Right, just because
1: it is such a difficult course.
2: Rory McIlroy has missed the cut five times See, that's in what, I 13 knew he'd missed it. tries. That included in 2021, which, again, he was the defending champion in 2020, but mm-hmm. the tournament was canceled. So technically didn't defend his title, if you want to get into the weeds there. Right. And he got cut the year before, the year before he won it all. Yeah. So, I mean, I think Rory's playing hotter than anybody else outside of Scotty Scheffler and John Rahm in the world right now. Now. Um with all due respect to Cam Smith who maybe showed up for the Riley Green concert, AO. Uh we we didn't did see so we, we, we didn't see him, did we? We who? didn't see
1: him. Uh, I Cameron Smith of uh, the F- players champion from a year ago. I did not see well, him like, but Oh there, there's rumors that he may have been there. So I would I wouldn't be surprised. I mean he lives, he lives down the street. R- yeah, he yeah. lives right down the road and also at, not everyone loves country music, and I certainly understand that. But if you like country music,
2: Riley Green is, is certainly a budding superstar. Right. Mm-hmm. I brought that up only as, as you a may joke have to a suggest. <laughs> right. I brought that up as a joke only to you know, suggest Cam Smith still is the number five golfer yeah. in the world. But those other three guys are obviously right there in that top ten of the world golf rankings. Um, I'll tell you this. Commissioner Monahan was just gushing about Rory mm-hmm. in his presser today about what rory has done to defend the shield and the pga tour against live you know how he's taken you know he's matured and he's taken these steps to really be a leader in the game the new league that he and tiger woods are going to be starting i mean he's the face right he is mm-hmm. your michael jordan your lebron i mean i want to say michael jordan because that's tiger woods i guess territory um but like he is you know your your peyton manning your Patrick Mahomes. Right. Like, that is the guy that yeah. they have said, all right, we're going to get behind him. Like, this is our dude. And uh, so that's why, you know, I, I think this this course does suit him well. Um, 2019, when he won, it was a little bit chillier. So, again, he, you know, he finishes T33 last year, which was also a chillier tournament. Not supposed to be as chilly this week, but temps in the 60s, 70s, we'll see what happens.
1: And I don't think the temperature necessarily <laughs> matters as much as I think the, the wind. wind. It's, yeah. yeah. It, especially when you're – if you're leading or you're near the top of the leaderboard and you're standing over your ball at 17 green, and mm-hmm. you're looking over to that Island green. And then of course to get to 18 as well, like there's a, there's so much pressure, but B if there's wind, mm-hmm. you have to start to second guess, or I'm sure you start to second guess yourself. I have never played the the stadium course Taylor because I would score a <laughs> thousand and twenty five, <laughs> maybe even higher.
0: Same. <laughs> well, and that's it. Last year, the wind was, I mean, the wind was insane last year. I remember start. I, I wanna say I was on I want to say I was on nine and every ball there was three four guys back to back to back to back that the ball just kicked so far right mm-hmm. so quickly and I was like oh gosh, this is going to be a long day for some of these guys. And then every notification was like, another one in the water, another one in the water at 17. So, And that's what – I think it's supposed to be windy the next couple days. Tomorrow I know for sure, but obviously it's still practice rounds, so we'll see what it looks like on Thursday. But that, that's a major thing when you're looking at this course.
1: Yeah, I saw, I think, wind gusts up to 17 and 18 miles per hour. I mean, yes, if, you're, if your ball is catching a wind gust at 17, that's going to be tricky. But for the most part – I I don't think that's nearly as bad as last year. I mean, I remember coming out here on Saturday with my mom and yeah, I think the high might've been 50. Yeah. And it, I mean, it was just so unusual because we're used to even in March around here, wearing sandals and flip-flops, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of thing. And so, yeah. Did you find Mia uh, if Rom has ever missed the cut? Yes. John
2: Rom has never missed the cut at the players not. championship okay. in one, two, three, four, five appearances since we don't count. 2020 he only has one top 10 finish though and that came in 2021 when he was t9 okay so So if you're looking for somebody to make the cut it's a safe one he's a safe pick i don't know if he's gonna you know win the whole thing but he is the number one golfer in the world so
1: he certainly is. All right, our music theme uh, to kick off this segment, songs to welcome in Calvin Ridley. He was reinstated officially by the NFL yesterday. I don't think anyone was all that nervous about him being reinstated. Uh, but Mia, how high are your expectations for Calvin Ridley? And I think, by the way, it's great to see all the current Jaguars reacting to his reinstatement.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, and that's something I really do want to touch on because I think that, There's something to be said about will there be enough touches to go around. This is a pass-first offense that Doug Peterson and the Jaguars run, so Mm -hmm. I think there will be. Um, I don't think you will see Christian Kirk and Zay Jones have 70-plus or 80-plus receptions. I do think you'll still see them have – 60 plus mm-hmm. next year um, I, I do think you know Calvin Ridley is obviously going to be that deep downfield threat so I'm not sure how often you know Trevor goes to him but he certainly can line up in the slot he's proven during his time in Atlanta he can kind of line up all over um, so I, I'm very curious to see how they employ him I do think it'll open up more opportunities for Evan Ingram over the middle because you'll have that vertical threat and I think that's a big reason why he yeah. also wanted to come back this upcoming season <laughs> obviously will be as of now playing on the franchise tag until they reach A long term deal, which you know, Evan had said he's very hopeful that they will do that. Um, So, yeah, no, in terms of how soon will Calvin Ridley be ready, Uncle Pete, Pete Prisco, reported that according to his sources, uh, he reached 22 and a half miles per hour in a workout recently. Listen, that's running in a straight line. It's kind of like you know, we talk about the combine, like how much of it actually translates to the football field.
1: But he's been in soft sand. What if he was running that in soft sand? Right. Yeah, exactly.
2: Like, I don't don't know what to tell you, but if he's running that fast, like, that's pretty darn fast. And, like, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's going to take him a little bit of time to get used to contact again. I wouldn't expect him to have a four-touchdown game, like, you know, week one. It could happen. Mm -hmm. Um, It'll be very curious to see. We mentioned that Trevor Lawrence is here at the Players' Championship. A couple other Jaguars expected here this week as well. It'll be curious to see, you know, now that he can have contact with the team. Doug Peterson told us in January that now they can send him a playbook. He technically can't be in the building with the rest of the team until April 17th, but Do Trevor and him arrange a time to throw? Mm -hmm. Does Christian Kirk go work out with him? They were friendly in high school on the All-American circuit together. And so that's what's going to be very interesting to see. I think the beauty of it is, is that Calvin Ridley is not going to be the only option in Jacksonville like he was in Atlanta. And so we'll have a little bit of time to get his feet back under him.
0: Yeah, for me, I'm not worried that he's not going to be in shape and isn't going to be able to speed past guys. Like, that's not my concern. And not saying I'm concerned about anything, but to me, the mentioning of the playbook is a huge thing because when you have not played in almost two years in that time and you're learning a new playbook, you're playing with a new quarterback, you're playing with all new guys around you um, who exactly knows what the offensive line is going to look like exactly this season When once we figure out what's going on with Juwan and the, then the other moves, they kind of have to shift around. So, to me, it's more of how quickly does it catch on. I I fully expect him to be, at some point in the season, a major part of this. And I think there were so many moments last season, Lauren, that I was like, man, I feel like we've had nine throws that were under 10 yards. So it's, to me... I'm excited to have this guy. That Trevor has that option to get it down the field because that does open so many opportunities for so many other people. And it'll be interesting to see how teams decide to cover these guys because there's so many. There's every different type of guy you need is on the field that could be on the field at a certain time. Um, So that'll be very interesting to me. But to me, it's more how long it takes for him to really catch up with the playbook and you know to start getting that connection with Trevor because even this last year, it took a little bit for them to for Christian and for Evan to really start clicking with Trevor.
1: Yeah, I think it took a while for Trevor to have the confidence that I belong here, mm-hmm. because of how awful the season was before and and all of the different stuff that we've talked about ad nauseum. But I think once once it clicked, uh, other than maybe the four interceptions uh, against the Chargers, it felt like he never looked back. Mm-hmm. And and so certainly Calvin really is now stepping into a situation where the quarterback is the ultimate leader. Yeah, he's extraordinarily <laughs> confident and. I think the chemistry in that locker room is so good that he's going to step in, and everybody's going to welcome him with open arms and be like, "Perfect, you're the, no, you're not taking anything away from me. Yeah. You're the guy that we were missing last season, mm-hmm. and Zay Jones was expected to be that deep threat, and, and that's not necessarily his skill set. And so now I think everybody's in the exact right position. and And I wonder me how much more involved will Evan Ingram become. Certainly, it was a great season for him, but. Now that you've got those receivers, I feel like the tight end almost becomes, because it's kind of that unicorn position, I feel like he's going to become the guy that teams don't know how to defend.
2: Right, and I think that the offense will open up a little bit more over the middle because you don't have so many options in the slot. You actually have some more downfield opportunities for Trevor. I think the other thing too, Lauren, is like this notion of, well, Doug Peterson worked miracles with all of his tight ends in Philadelphia, so he's going to do the same here. And now we're having to you know, have the question of, Was it the tight ends or was it Doug just took whoever the best athletes and Mm -hmm. the best receivers were and he made them into superstars? Yeah. And so what I'm curious to see is you have Evan Ingram now under contract for the upcoming season. You have Luke Farrell. Maybe
1: maybe longer if things are worked out. You
2: have Luke Farrell. And then that's it because Chris Manhurts, free agent, Dan Arnold, free agent. Could you get one or both of those guys back on the veteran minimum? Yes. I'll be curious to see if they go that route or I would think Manhurts before Arnold. Yeah, I do as well because mm. I think that they would rather draft a tight end. They do like having two blocking tight ends, they view Luke Farrell as a blocking tight right. end. So they're going to want another one. I see all of you on the text line, Design My Lifetime Enclosures. I see you on the Twitter machine who are clamoring for Darnell Washington from Georgia. I don't see a world in which this team is going to use number 24, despite the wasteland that the weird limbo of sorts that that is with this crop of prospects. I don't see a world where they use Darnell Washington at number 24. If he falls to the second round, maybe they trade up for him. But at that point they will have already had to have made a decision. Um, But I could see them if Michael Mayer falls, I could see them opt for him. I could see them take a Sam Laporta or a Dalton Kincaid out of Utah potentially as well. And, Even some of these other guys that we heard about at the NFL Combine last week who all of a sudden are these late risers, like that tight end out of Old Dominion who's like Mm 6'8". Definitely a project, but then does that become your third or fourth tight end option? And then maybe is that someone to compliment Evan Ingram by season's end and then (laughs) potentially (laughs) open up more opportunities for Evan as well?
1: If Manharts isn't back, And you told me Darnell Washington is sitting there at 24.
0: Different story. Then
1: I'd be like, well, I I would not be that surprised. Not because necessarily Doug Peterson has to have that many tight ends and all that kind of stuff, but because they value that, like you said, those blocking tight ends so much. And so if – but. it, I think it's going to be more affordable for them to just have yeah. Manharts and not necessarily go Washington. And I think
2: it's funny. It- I'm kind of surprised that's a deal we haven't heard of yet, um, quite frankly. Sure. Knowing that they've already re-signed C.J. Beathard. They've re-signed Jamichael Hastie. I really thought that that was another one that would be an easy veteran minimum get it done. But mm-hmm. we'll see what happens in the coming days. I mean, I've also heard that, you know, they have had talks with Arden Key and Trent Baalke referenced Andrew. That's Dewey Wingard. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, so I'll be curious to see if any of those deals do get announced before NFL free agency and the tampering window open next Monday.
1: But we talk so much about pass rush, pass rush, Mm -hmm. defense. And so that's why I think so many Jaguars fans, so many media members think, all right, they're going to go defense at 24 and either address corner or address either edge, linebacker, depending on what they probably not middle linebacker but you know outside linebacker depending on how they go but who knows like yeah. that's the that was one of the more interesting parts about being at the combine is none of us needed to Zero in on one position group because we have no idea what they're going to do. Well, and
0: that's what I was about to say, Lauren. I think a lot of people, and and this is from like the Bears side of Twitter Mm -hmm. and the Jacks side of Twitter, the defensive side that you were seeing come out of the combine, so many different guys starting to like make a name for themselves, whether it be from their 40 or whether it be from their vertical or whatever it be. It gets you excited about a defense, especially when you know you need it. You need that interior guy. You were lacking the pass rush last season. So you want to focus on that so hard, but you do forget, as Mia was was talking about doug peterson is really good at making guys weapons and if you have another weapon that's that's not gonna hurt that's not gonna hurt you
1: and that's the thing the way that nfl teams are nowadays it's almost like coaches doug peterson certainly one of them i'd rather outscore the chiefs mm-hmm. rather than focus right. on stopping the chiefs right yeah and and certainly uh it's going to be fun to follow as we go through especially the especially
2: on the other side of that sorry lauren the other end of well we want to outscore the chiefs mm-hmm is what Doug Peterson suggested from the moment he got to Jacksonville, whether people like it or not, which is this notion of we are headed towards spread offense, so load up in your secondary, load Mm -hmm. up at the safety and defensive back position. You're going to be lining up more in nickel and dime than you are in your base set with three linebackers on the field if you play an even front, um, which the Jaguars play multiple fronts. And so, uh, you know, I think that that's part of it too. And that's why, you know. It's not just Coach Campo saying that he wants a corner because he coached corners in yeah. the NFL. It is That's where the hole is, and while it's a deep draft at that position, looking at that and then also looking at the fact that the Jags really couldn't get generate sacks in the midway, yeah. midway point of the season, do you have to fortify that as well?
0: Because the thing we've heard a lot is, okay, you've got to figure out a way to stop Kelsey. That's going to be the way to win the Super Bowl if you're there, but you're not going to stop Kelsey, so match it. Score, score like Kelsey can score and get the ball to somebody. Right.
1: And if Jawan Taylor isn't here, then you might need an offensive lineman. And maybe mm. that's the pick at 24. And right. so certainly free agency will determine what they do in the draft and, and we'll be following it closely. Of course, I had someone ask me today, so what do you guys do when football season ends? Like, what do you guys talk about? <laughs> like and I was lot. like, well, <laughs> there's there's outside of football season, there's the combine, which we were just in Indianapolis. Then there's free agency. Of course, there's like the – Leading up to free agency, which is right now the franchise tag. But someone who doesn't really understand football is not going to understand what yeah. a franchise tag is. So I just kind of skip by that. Then you've got free agency. Then you've got the draft. Uh, oh, by the way, OTAs and then mini camp. And they're like, "So football never ends." And I'm like, no. "That's exactly <laughs> the point. Football never ends." And oh, by the way, college football spring practice uh, has begun for a lot of teams as well.
2: Uh, but also, we do cover the players' championship. And I also
1: mentioned that I said I we will say, be March Madness. We yes. have all these. Things. Yes. Yes. yes, I said we will be at the players' championship all week. We've got shows live next week for March madness and so it is so much fun and I, uh, I love our job.
2: Yeah and I love our job and we can make dreams come true. We just got a very nice note for Taylor on the oh. text line brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures. This is from I don't want to butcher his first name, the Iranian Guggen. Oh. So the Iranian Guggen says a huge shout-out to Taylor, my favorite Bears fan, for getting the tickets to me for the players that I won on the drill. All my right. son and I were here today. We had a blast. We found a secret spot for him to get a huge number of autographs. He oh, met Jordan Spieth, Scotty Scheffler, Tom Kim, JJ. Oh, the guy. And 30 <laughs> more other golfers. Thanks again. And he sent us a picture
0: Oh, I love it. Well. I love hearing those stories. And
1: it. so, as long as people can use Ticketmaster, dreams <laughs> yes, do come Ticket true. Come true. Right? We've got more to do. You're listening to Helmets and Heels live from the players on Military Appreciation Tuesday on 1010 X on 92.5 FM.
0: Stilettos and
2: sabermetrics. Helmets and heels, driven by Tire Outlet. Brought to you by Underwood Jewelers. On 1010XL.
1: This would be my selection. It may surprise everyone because it's not country music. Welcome to Paradise by Green Day. Where we live is paradise. Mm-hmm. This football team and the ascension that it's taking, combined with the ocean and the river and the intercoastal, where we live is paradise. I was on the plane, so our first flight from Indianapolis Are you to suggesting
2: Charlotte. Indianapolis in March is not paradise, <laughs>
1: I am suggesting that Indianapolis is wonderful any time that you visit, but there's no ocean, and there's no river, and there's no intercoastal. So I am going to go with it's lovely, but it's not paradise. <laughs> so our flight home Friday, Indianapolis to Charlotte, uh, extraordinarily turbulent. Did not think we were going to survive. Oh uh, no! Luckily, uh, we were just fine. And I've learned now that you can survive really bad turbulence, turbulence like really bad, like to the point where Hayes Carlin, who flies all the time, said that was one of the worst turbulence experiences he had been through so i was like okay it's not just crazy lauren with her flight anxiety which i did great on the way there i'm glad yeah. you
2: weren't on the flight back from kansas city i'm uh, glad i was not yeah, that, that one uh well i i was on a separate flight than dan hayes and the rest of the crew okay. um because they ran out of room on that flight so i ended up on a separate one okay and we had women and children screaming as we descended um so that was yeah and i texted steve as i landed our boss steve griffin of course and uh, i was like well i landed <laughs> <laughs> i made it uh, the little Little bumpy, but we made it. I really did think of
0: you, Lauren, because my grandma was down from Chicago okay. and she was visiting and they drove. So, but they split it. She usually splits it up until like a few days. And so they were on the way back and she was like, we had went and got dinner that night and she was like, oh, weather like in Indiana is so bad right now. Like they're about to get a bad storm. And I was like, oh no, Lauren's flying back tonight. <laughs> Thank you for thinking of me. <laughs> yeah.
1: It, so Friday morning, our flight was at 6 a.m. and I knew rain was coming to Indianapolis. And so I was like, please just let's get out before the rain. Well, we did get out before it was like storming. However, we were flying south, of course, to Charlotte, and that's where the storm was. Mm -hmm. And so thankfully, I did not check the radar before we got on the flight because I would have known what was coming. And so I just got on the plane and was like, all right, let's pray through this. And so (laughs) uh, I did. We landed. That's fine. But So then on the second flight, the cool part was I was next to a guy who was coming to Jacksonville for the Farm Bureau Convention. Oh, He is... A farmer from uh, Yuma, Arizona, and they have ten thousand acres in Yuma, Arizona. Oh yes, and so they grow a ton of stuff. Of course, you know, question asker Lauren, I was asking a thousand questions. Like, what do you grow? Um, you know, is ten thousand acres a lot in comparison to other farmers in Arizona? Like yeah. this, this it, he's He's he was trying by the to, right person. He <laughs> did. He was trying to ask me about places as far as. Uh, places to go in Jacksonville and stuff like that and as soon as he finished asking me questions then I like started to pepper him with questions but (laughs) the point of the story is so we're we're flying from the ocean to the airport so we pass by Jack's beat like I can see you know not exactly my house Mm -hmm. but I can see where we live and this is before I knew anything about him he didn't end up talking to me until we landed and so he said once we landed he's like did I hear you're from Jacksonville I said yes and he's like This is the most beautiful place I've seen. And at this point, granted, he has not stepped foot in Jacksonville. He's just flown over it. Mm -hmm. And it's because, obviously, of all this water. When you're from Arizona, Mm -hmm. they have the Colorado River uh, near where he lived. But uh, long story short, I just was like, thank you for saying that because I feel like we get so much negative publicity about our city. And to have someone from out of town, certainly out of the state, he had never been to Florida before. And and so, of course, I asked him, like, so what are you going to do while you're here? And he's like, well, I'm I'm just doing the Farm Bureau convention (laughs) stuff. And I was like, okay, I'm going to give you a few different things. But primarily, please drive to the ocean. It's like Mm -hmm. 30 minutes from here. Go walk on the beach. Like if you do nothing else. He's like, but I'm riverfront. Do I really need to go all the way to the ocean? Yes. (laughs) You do. Yes, 100%. And so all that to say, paradise is where we live. Welcome to paradise, uh, Calvin Ridley. I do have a couple questions as far as a couple guys. The Chiefs are going to or already have released Frank Clark, the Mm -hmm. Titans,
2: Bud Dupree. Mia, should the Jaguars try and go after either of those veteran free agents? Not Bud Dupree. I think, unfortunately, with the knee injuries that he suffered, I Mm -hmm. think he's kind of over the hill. Frank Clark is obviously up there in years. I'd be curious. He's 29. He had five sacks this
1: past season. I'll take five sacks. sacks.
2: No, no. Bud Dupree's (laughs) over the hill, but that's that's injury. No, 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 not Frank Clark. As someone who is Frank Clark's age, no, no, we are not. (laughs) I had a lovely discussion with some of the volunteers in the media center about my age. I am not over the hill. Neither is Frank Clark, but it is going to be curious to see what sort of Contract he commands. Yeah. Um, and that's where I would say, as far as the Jaguars knowing the cap space that they currently find we've themselves We've made up money, against, though. Right. We've made money, <laughs> but now we also got to pay Calvin Ridley. And then you got to worry about are you going to pay Josh Allen? And so I would say, in terms of what you pay Frank Clark, would be dependent on how confident you are in A, Josh Allen, B, the development of Trayvon Walker, and C, are you re signing Dewan Smoot, Arden Key?
1: And also, Jawan Taylor, this this potential big contract is out there. We don't know what's happening with that at this point in time. I know the Jaguars want to re-sign him, but certainly he's got – we've talked about it – he's got potentially a lot more money elsewhere. But certainly that contract is going to determine things. But Taylor, to me, the way that this team's chemistry was last season – Bring, in my mind, please bring back Juan Taylor, mm-hmm. and then you can draft some guys to add to this group instead of getting a
0: Bud Dupree or a Frank. Instead of,
1: yes, okay. instead of yeah, and you can draft another guy because just keep drafting guys <laughs> to get to the pass <laughs> or to get to the quarterback. <laughs> you'll and find somebody. The, get and, to the yeah, maybe maybe it'll help.
0: Um, yeah, and, and it's interesting because everything I took out of when you guys were at, when Frank was able to talk to Doug Peterson at and Balky at the combine, it really made me feel the entire time like they weren't planning to spend. Money much in this free agency, which is understandable. They spent a lot of money last season and you saw that almost nailed, nailed every single free agent they got last season and they all ended up being able to produce on a team. And so you're closer to where you don't feel like you have to overspend this off season, but when you are making a decision of okay, what's most important, and that's a hard discussion because what's most important—protecting Trevor or getting to the opposite quarterback—those are almost equals, you know. So it'll be interesting to me to see which way they go, especially because I feel like the the few reports I heard of Jawan, it was like nineteen twenty, which I don't know if anyone w- would want to. million. Yeah, yeah, and I don't know if anybody, if they'd want to pay him that.
2: Yeah, I would think not, considering they really don't want to even pay the franchise tag of $18, 18 million. Yeah. Like, the hope was we get a deal where maybe your base salary isn't as much, but you get enough guaranteed money to keep you happy. But he probably could get even more guaranteed money from a team that hasn't given all the restructuring and mm-hmm. bonuses the Jaguars have divvied out the last few weeks in mm-hmm. restructuring contracts. And it- so, and also, as, as Leon Searcy continues to reiterate every day on XL Primetime from first-hand knowledge... Um, Drew Rosenhaus, mm-hmm. two words. So do with that information what you will.
0: Do you think that he
2: will he will
0: care which tackle he plays if he goes to another team, the right or left? I don't think he
1: necessarily cares. I as far as what he plays, I want left but tackle think, money. Yeah, I think he'd love to get left tackle money. But I mean, look, everybody knows their weak, str- strengths and weaknesses by that mm-hmm. point, you know. But when they've played four years in the league, they know. And so uh, I think if he was totally honest with himself he would be able to say okay can I do I think I can play left or am I way more comfortable right Mm -hmm. and I will say Mia that he has that tendency where people think that he's false starting I think that would be noticed a lot more as the left tackle than it would have been the right tackle
2: right I mean did he play he didn't play left tackle at all at Florida he might have played a couple games and that's it and I don't think he really played it all that much even in high school yeah, that part I don't know. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's just been exclusively a right, right tackle. And so that's where, you know, the question becomes, like, how much do you pay a right tackle versus a left tackle? Yeah. I'm sure there's somebody out there listening who's going to say that, well, Leon Searcy was the right tackle, but he guarded the blind side. Mm-hmm. I mean, listen, outside of Tua Takavailoa, I don't think we have that many left-handed quarterbacks in the National Football League right now. Um, so, yeah, I mean, $18 million is a steep price when you consider how much they're currently paying Cam Robinson. Yeah. But I've heard from enough people that – You know, depending on the season Cam has, coming off another season-ending leg injury and knowing what his cap number will be in 2024, do they end up saying goodbye to him anyways and parting ways? And so at that point, now you've said goodbye to two of your quote-unquote cornerstone guys that you drafted. Mm -hmm. And yes, you'll have Walker Little, but he'll be in the fourth year of his rookie contract. And now you're going to have to pay him because you've got to pay somebody.
1: Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. All right, well, we will get it uh, to the Combine Anthony Richardson, Todd Mache's Mott Draft, a whole lot coming up. You're listening to Helmets and Heels, Driven by talent live from the Players' Championship on a Military Appreciation Tuesday on 10, 10 2.5 FM. If you change your mind I'm the first in life.
3: Honey, I'm still free
1: Take a chance on me
3: If you
0: need me, let me Stilettos and
2: metrics. Helmets and Heels Driven by Tire Brought to you by Underwood Jewelers
0: On 1010XL
3: So the original song Take a Chance on
1: Me is by Abba Mia, is this your song? hmm this is the Mamma Mia version. Okay, I was going to say, this isn't the original, but okay. Mamma Mia, they Taylor covered doll. it.
2: Yeah, I threw Taylor doll for a curveball, so tapping did. into my musical um, history and my musical uh, genre, <laughs> of which so I, I am actually, quietly, a massive musical fan. I, I cannot carry a tune in a bucket myself, for what it's worth.
1: <laughs> I do not love musicals, but I love the band that this musical was created about and that's uh abba some people say abba i say abba uh but either way the swedish band i used to like play dress up with one of my best friends and we'd sing abba songs i don't know why but yeah dancing (laughs) queen take a chance on me uh those are some of them all right when it comes to the nfl combine in indianapolis i will say don't pay attention this is my biggest takeaway do not pay attention to mock drafts Uh that come out before the combine yeah Because nobody has any idea. Pay attention to mock drafts that come out after the combine. Mm -hmm. Because if you walk in to the Indianapolis Convention Center, you walk into that place, you can clearly see GMs and coaches and media people talking. Then you walk into Prime 47, uh, one of the restaurants that we went to, And the first night we went, it was just for drinks after dinner. And, I mean, you're literally talking about a who's who in the NFL. Yeah. They all have tables. Some people are mingling at the bar. And you can clearly see that this is where all of the scuttlebutt Mm -hmm. and gossip and and really real things are being shared. And so it's like, okay – I'm going to teach myself that lesson that only mock drafts after the combine will I pay attention, like serious attention to. Because now people are starting to share things or yeah. spill things. And one too many drinks yeah. may lead someone to
0: say something. That's why the Bears tra- uh, traded up to draft Mitchell Trubisky. They got a little too drunk. That <laughs>
1: <after>. <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way, I read this. That I forget if it was Peter King that wrote this or the Stephen Holder column about Anthony Richardson. But if Anthony Richardson is drafted, I think the stat is right. In the top 10, he'd be the second quarterback with fewer than, like, 44 starts in college Mm -hmm. football only after
0: Mitchell Trubisky. Something along
1: those lines, but the gist of it is that it would just be Mitchell Trubisky and AR that would be taken that high with fewer than a certain number of starts. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, and so that's interesting. Well, I knew Mitchell
0: barely started. I think he had, like, 24.
1: Yeah, and and I guess AR would have had way less than 44. So maybe the number was, like, 24, something along those lines. Uh, But, yeah, I think the other part that's fascinating, so the way that it's set up, when you walk into Radio Row, there's a ginormous curtain in between Radio Row and where the podiums are. So you can freely go from Radio Row over to where the interviews are happening and back. The poor print people... It is a probably half a mile walk, all still in the Indiana Convention Center Mm -hmm. because this place is so massive. But you have to go around the building and upstairs to get to the print center. Mm -hmm. So I feel bad for those people because I feel like they're not really like they don't really get to see anyone or talk to anyone. Like, for instance, where we were sitting, we were right by and you probably heard in some of the interviews. We were right by these doors where people were coming in and out of. Well, we were also right by the restrooms. I saw so many players, including Anthony Richardson, walk in and out of the restroom, and so you can actually see. I did not see Bryce Young, unfortunately, uh, Mia, to be able to compare his size, but <laughs> to me, but yes, <laughs> to, to me in my
2: five foot two frame,
1: right. But as far as just watch, I mean, that is how. So I love at least Radio Row is much closer to that now. Mm-hmm. The only downside is that Noble. Uh, athletic training area or the testing area we could not see that and we can't see anything in Lucas Oil okay so we are and oh by the way they don't even have the bench press near our area anymore either they used to do that and so they've changed that but either way we're at least still able to see the prospects talk Mm -hmm. to some of the prospects uh, and that part is cool all right so let's get to Anthony Richardson Taylor I'll start with you Mm -hmm. watching what he did at the combine obviously our good friend Denny Thompson has been helping him through this draft process he ran an incredibly fast 40 he did such a great vertical jump and certainly the broad jump as well and he threw pretty well as well do you think that that will lift him even higher than what he was projected or where he was projected to go before the combine
0: well, it's interesting to me because I think that, obviously, even right before the combine, you started hearing things of rumors of, okay, well, maybe the Colts want to try, trade up and get Anthony Richardson because they were expecting him to have this, like, phenomenal combine. That wasn't a surprise to me. I was full-on expecting Anthony Richardson to just, like, blow people's minds at the combine. And so – but for me, I think – we talked about the small sample size in college when it comes to the mm-hmm. amount of games you played. And so when you when you say that, the only other guy you're comparing it to is Mitchell Trubisky. So how much do guys start taking that into account? Like, okay, l- the last time this happened, we d- it didn't work out. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he did start to rise a little bit just because I think that when you have a guy like Anthony Richardson, who you know, and it's not just his athletic ability – Then he constantly talks about how smart Anthony Mm -hmm. Richardson is when it comes to learning the playbook and when it comes to all of whatever he's doing when it's reading defenses. And obviously there was things that last season that he we felt like maybe he was mentally getting in his head a little bit at certain points. But he clicked out of that. And by the end of the season, you're like, okay, this is the Anthony Richardson. We were kind of waiting to see. Uh, And it took probably four or five games to really get there. But I, I think personally the one thing that's holding me back is like I feel like he needs to go to a team where they have a quarterback and he can sit for a little bit. And if you're going to one of those teams in the top five, six, seven, you're starting like you're going to be playing this season. And I'm not Absolutely. quite sure Anthony Richardson's there yet.
1: And that's the, the thing, Mia, is he is so great at everything other than when he was at Florida, things didn't always go according to plan, whether it was missing throws or whether it was not taking off and running. But we don't know how healthy is what he was. But then that's a whole nother thing that you can get into, too, is is he going to have soft tissue injuries in the NFL because he had soft tissue injuries throughout his year and a half, so to speak, really at Florida because he certainly didn't play for all of his first season?
2: Yeah, um, I think a big part of it, too, is – when you you can't teach the things that he possesses. Mm -hmm. I already saw plenty of tweets flying on the timeline over the course of the last few weeks saying, if you're a head coach and a GM and you can't teach this kid, you can't mold him, then that's on you. Mm -hmm. Um, I've also heard that, you know, apparently he was excellent on the grease board. He was excellent in interviews, in some of the cognitive testing that has been done. Um, He, like, was his scores were off the charts. Um, I'm sure there's Gator fans listening right now. And they're like, how can that be? I don't know. I wish I had the answer. Um, I don't know what he scored on the wonder. Like, I don't think that's been made public record yet, but all I can tell you is what we've been told. And, uh, It's going to be fascinating to see. I agree with Taylor on the sentiment of he really should go to a system where he has to sit for a year. But I also think there's a benefit to that in that if he sits for a year, look at what Andy Reid did in Kansas City with Patrick Mahomes sitting for a year. Look at what – I know we're going to get into this later in the program – John Harbaugh did Mm -hmm. with Lamar Jackson initially sitting his rookie season. It gave them some time to develop the offense around that player because unless he's going – to be sitting behind Lamar, wherever Lamar ends up. I mean, there's not a lot of quarterbacks like Anthony Richardson. There's not a lot of offenses that fit his skill set that you could build that around. And so you would need time, even Mm -hmm. if the quarterback who's currently entrenched there doesn't have those same qualities. Yeah. And to me,
0: because I do think when you, when you're looking at one of those top teams, if you're looking at the Colts or you're looking at Houston, even honestly, Carolina, in my opinion, it's, you are sending him to a team where, number one, he's going to be starting right away. Number two, they don't really have much around to help him. They they have a couple little things. The Raiders, I guess, they have Devontae Adams, so that would be nice to have somebody to throw to like that. But aside from that, the Raiders have a lot of holes right now, and they have a lot of issues that they're figuring out money-wise. So to me, any of those teams in the top ten, are it's a little scary to send them to. So to me, waiting a little bit more, and I, I don't even know which team perfectly fits as
2: I'm going through it. Like, I don't know if –
0: Maybe, you know who I've been a thinking Tampa. a lot?
2: I've been thinking a lot, and I do think they'd have to trade up only because if crazy Jim Ursay doesn't trade up for Bryce Young, I think he would trade up for Anthony Richardson. Mm-hmm. The Seattle Seahawks. Yeah. Obviously they give Geno Smith a monster contract last night, but when you look into the actual numbers of that contract, in reality, it's a three year seventy five million dollar deal. He's getting the bulk of it in the first year. They yeah, would be able to part front Yeah, they yeah. would be able to part ways with him essentially after year one yeah. scotch free I think it was like 82 million in the first two years
0: right so it's a and lot of money it's, and to it's write close it up to from.
2: 45 that first, first year one. which is about market value yeah and so that's crazy right <laughs> no. I think they would have to trade up because I do think that there's going to at least be smoke that one of those other teams in the top four could draft Anthony Richardson or could move up but I think that that's a logical pick mm-hmm. and you have to consider I mean Geno Smith, we want to talk about over the hill. He's not over the hill. No. They didn't write back. Well, now they finally wrote the big check, and he's getting paid. But in reality, Geno Smith is 33 years old. And while we just saw Tom Brady play until he was 45, Mm
0: -hmm.
2: what's the plan in Seattle? I mean, that's a team that when they traded Russell Wilson and they got all these young assets, if they're trying to build this young ascending core, is it going to really be built around Geno Smith? Well,
1: and the one thing I will say, Seattle could certainly make sense, but the one thing I'll say is – if you think, well, will Anthony Richardson fit and then X offense, regardless of the team, <laughs> if they draft Anthony Richardson, they will change the offense for him. Yeah. They will make sure that it is a, an, an offense that it, he doesn't necessarily have to sit back in the pocket and go through multiple progressions. Mm-hmm. It's going to be much more simplified Fast than that, reach. at least to yeah. start. Yeah, because that was the downfall of Florida. It, there, what He was not able to figure out which guy to throw it to as quickly as needed to, or if he knew which guy to throw it to, he sometimes would overthrow them, yeah. sometimes would underthrow them. Uh, and so it, sometimes he, you know, would run, and the other times he would And so I think the he's really good on the board but he when it comes to the game it's got to be more simplified for him but that's where I've heard some people say well Florida's offense was really simple and he couldn't figure that out but then you go back to well Florida's offense also had no weapons outside of Ricky Uh Pearsall so I'm not really sure that when he had a guy he wasn't maybe even sure that he was going to run the right out right route like how Trevor was two years ago with Urban Uh Meyer for part of that season and so I I think the reason he's such a polarizing figure Anthony Richardson when it comes to this draft process is he literally could go number one overall yeah he could go out he could fall outside of the top 10 Mm -hmm. he could go somewhere in the early second round if if all the gms got together not together but if they all decided you know what this just isn't for us i i i think he'll go somewhere in the first round based off of all the combine buzz but it's just so fascinating and then of course you've got the pocket of gator fans and certainly that was going on a lot last night on twitter gator fans going back and forth with one another about his uh future success or lack thereof in the nfl and so It is just, for me, I wish him nothing but the best. It is going to be seven. Exactly what happens, and, and Taylor, I know you hope what happens is the <laughs> yeah. Chicago Bears all your
0: picks. <laughs> trade out. Now, do you
1: want them trading out once or twice? I
0: don't know. Or I, do you care? I've gone back and forth. So uh, originally, for the first like m- all of January, I was like, no, I don't want to trade past four because I want Jalen Carter or Will Anderson. So I felt like ideally the perfect fit was for them to trade with the Colts okay. and get still knock one of those guys. Uh, but now after the combine, and this is why you say don't make your mock drafts after yep. the combine because after there there's guys that i think that we could still get at seven or nine like tyree wilson love him i fell in love with him this last couple weeks the texas um, tech guy yeah. yeah and so there's a few guys like that that i'm like man this could be good also obviously one of the major things with the bears is not having receivers and jackson you have no receivers no o-line and yeah. no defense yeah <laughs> um well th- yeah our secondary is good our offensive line there's p we need a center and a left guard pretty much so our left tackle right tackle or left tackle right guard are good okay. but there's pieces that we definitely need run running rooms great our secondary's great we have a, a, a linebackers okay we can figure that out but our interior and both ends we've got to figure out so there's a lot of holes and that's why to me if you could trade back twice we're now looking at like Jacks. like okay what if you get to like nine or ten and so you trade back twice you get all this compensation you get JSN who obviously he loves Justin Fields and Justin Fields loves him and you get a guy that's he is a little because bit they familiar with Ohio State. and so you have it you have a situation like that where you get your wide receiver and then plus now you have because from what ryan pole said he's everybody was like we'll give you'll have two for like next year's first Mm -hmm. and the year after first yes like just (laughs) give me that so now i'm getting a little more patient because i watched all these guys at the combine like i do think they're they could get somebody at like eight nine ten that i'd still be okay with and i didn't feel that way a month and a half ago
1: well and that's the that's the fascinating part about getting everyone together in Indianapolis and seeing who tests well, who doesn't. The Jalen Carter situation obviously happened while we were there. Mm -hmm. Uh, We were waiting for him to come to the podium. Well, the 10 o'clock group to come to the podium, which included Brian Brisey from Clemson. And all of a sudden, it was dead air, basically. (laughs) Nothing happened. Uh, And then that's when, yeah, we figured out why, because the Jalen Carter story had broken. And in case you missed it, although I'm sure most people listening to our program uh, know now, he might have been racing against the vehicle uh, that ended up tragically losing two people in that fatal car crash and so yeah he was able to return to the combine Uh, we'll see if that affects him or how it it's so it's so sad to me that players like sets and bennett players like nolan smith are having to deal with the loss and grief Mm -hmm. as they go through the draft process and that happens at the same time implicating uh, potentially Jalen carter and so I, i think it's just it's all difficult to deal with uh for them uh but we will certainly be paying attention to exactly what changes as far as Jalen Carter's draft stock. All right, when we come back, we will go around the NFL, get it to a little Lamar Jackson, Derek Carr, and more. You're listening to Helmets and Heels, driven by Tyler at on Tenten XL, 92.5 FM.
3: Quiet, and his face lost all expression. Said, if you're gonna play the game, boy, you gotta learn to play it right. You got to know when the hole.
0: Stilettos and Sabermetrics. Helmets and heels, driven by Tire Outlet.
2: Brought to you by Underwood Jewelers
0: on 1010XL.
3: When you at the table, there'll be time enough
2: for counting when the dealing's done.
1: JJ La Selva, you picked Kenny Rogers. Please elaborate.
3: <laughs> Are you serious?
0: <laughs> I feel like we got this one.
3: No,
1: I love it. Uh, welcome for Calvin Ridley. It is, this is a perfect song. I didn't even know that you knew Kenny Rogers. I should have known. No.
3: I think the joke's gone way over Lauren's head.
0: Do you just, like, the gambling part of it?
1: Oh, <laughs> yeah. See, I was thinking... Like, he shouldn't count his money until he starts to play better. I was going deeper into the lyrics. But, yes, I forgot that he had to be (laughs) reinstated from Gimlet. You're right. It did go right over my head.
0: Yes, because the two other, so the one other song, I was like, should I do Poker Face? Oh, okay, yeah. That was one, and I was going, like, the gambling side, yeah. but then also... I that was would have gone do, over my head, too. <laughs> or I was going to do, and this is the one that I was like, I don't know if there's a full, clean version to where it would have been okay on radio, but it was Eminem without, but, the, like, Guess Who's Back? Back Again, that one, but there's a lot like of weird one. little... Like, things that maybe we shouldn't say on helmets <laughs> oh, no, that's a new- <laughs> Well, that is a perfect song, JJ. How did I
1: forget that uh, he was in trouble for gambling?
3: I don't know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, let's get it to the NFL. Derek Carr to the Saints. Four years, $150 million. Geno Smith, like we talked about, three years, $105 million. Lamar Jackson got the non-exclusive franchise tag from the Ravens, meaning other teams can potentially pursue him. Does Lamar Jackson pay for the Ravens next
2: year? Well, no. I mean, now the big question is the collusion potential that's occurring because everyone and their mother is coming out and saying, despite the non-exclusive tag being placed on Lamar Jackson, oh, well, we're not interested. We're not interested. We're not interested. And this is truly turning into, potentially, the Baltimore Ravens said, all right, you think you could get more money on the open market? Bet. Let's see how it goes and maybe phone a friend and – Say, so you're really going to give that much to him? You're really going to get that much to him? To me, it feels like the Ravens are trying to teach Lamar a lesson, and, like, I don't really like that. He's a 25-year-old man. He's been in the National Football League for almost five years. Like, you know, or, or five years, I should say. Like, like what are we doing? Like, you know, like, why does this have to happen that we have to have this referendum league-wide? Um that that we need to say, oh, I'm not interested. I'm like, when have you ever seen that, Taylor? Like, where free agent is available? Yeah. Because in reality, that's what Lamar Jackson is right now. Mm-hmm. He's free to negotiate and potentially yeah. sign a tag and trade, and yet everyone's like, oh no, 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 we're not interested. We're not interested. We're not. Interested. And it's a former league MVP.
0: Yeah. I, it's honestly, it's a crazy situation there because I and I know everyone's argued for years about Lamar Jackson. Like, okay, is he going to be able to have? a long career because he bases his game off of running the football even more so than Jalen Hurts this last year because Jalen Hurts we saw just be I think I want to say even Lamar only had like 22 it was him and Justin Fields almost had identical stats when it came to like their passing for this last season but Justin Fields had almost 400 yards more rushing and so it's interesting to me when you're looking at things like this because that's been the argument so times like so many times can he take this his game to the next level and he's is he going to ever ever be able to pass the ball a little better and i think i don't know like and i think that's why a lot of teams and the ravens are saying hey go test it let's see let's see if these other teams have the confidence that you are that guy that can take them to the playoffs and win a playoff game and get beyond that certain point that he hasn't been able to
1: see the tricky part to me and we've talked about deshaun watson's contract and how that kind of messed up all of the nfl because it was fully guaranteed the moment that that happened, that enabled people like Lamar Jackson to say, that's what I want. I want a fully guaranteed yeah. contract. And the issue is he hasn't been healthy enough to warrant necessarily a fully guaranteed contract. But yeah. also most NFL teams don't want to give out fully guaranteed contracts. It happened with Kirk Cousins that one time, and it's happened with Deshaun Watson. Otherwise, they want to give out a portion of guaranteed money. Uh, and then the rest, it's a you know more of an incentive basis or not incentive, but more of a pay for play basis. To me, in the end, Lamar Jackson will be just fine. That to, yeah. That's the, the positive and for, what it for was, all of these quarterbacks. Yeah. You're going to be just fine no matter what happens.
2: He's going to be just fine, and I think he's going to end up staying in Baltimore, whether he wants to or not. And that's the real sad part of all this, mm-hmm. is now, you know, does he say, fine, I'm going to play on the tag and bet on himself, quote-unquote, and hope that it pays off this time, or does he have to sign for less money because the Ravens have basically boxed him in and said, see, nobody else wants you, so – let us pay you what we want to pay you if you want to keep playing.
1: But, again, I go back to I can't feel bad for anyone that gets $33 million a year. <laughs>
0: yeah, I like, like, can't feel sorry.
1: Guaranteed, $33 million. If he plays on the franchise tag, the non-exclusive, the exclusive franchise tag would have paid him $45 million and yeah. no other team would have been able to negotiate. But it's just it's mind-blowing to me that we're talking about a guy like Derek Carr Mm -hmm. who had already made $125 million that was on a second deal to play quarterback. And yet like, I feel like the really good teams were like, I don't want Derek Carr. Like, so that's why it ended up kind of being between the saints and the jets. And one day you saw the jets are closing in and then you saw the saints are closing in and ended up being the saints. Like, I just I don't know that Derek Carr is going to elevate the Saints. They may win their division because the division's That's not very bad. good. Yeah. But past that, Probably what can the they do? Probably the perfect
0: situation for them because they also have. I mean, depending obviously what's going on with Alvin Kamara because we're not totally sure in that situation. Michael mm-hmm. Thomas can't ever stay healthy. But if Michael Thomas is healthy, Alvin Kamara's there, and you have Chris Olave, like it could potentially be, and especially in that division where you're not really competing many people. The at other all. big
2: thing is that they don't have a pick until number twenty-nine. Yeah or excuse me number yeah number 29 because of the miami dolphins forfeiting their first round pick yeah. so they don't pick till 29th because they traded their first round pick for uh cj uh, for, yeah it was for chauncey gardner johnson or no it was the other way around because it went from Flip the saints flop. to the yes flip-flops anyways point is um yeah I, I i think that this was a gamble by the saints to you know not be picking in the top 10 and then have the team that they do mm-hmm. um moreover like where is Jameis Winston? Is he in Winston? Is he in like witness protection? Um, where Where is uh, Andy Dalton? Like yeah. all the quarterbacks in New Orleans just dried up and disappeared outside of Taysom Hill. I feel
0: like the Saints are, I think Jameis is going to end up being like a, casualty cap because they're not going to be able they don't have money to be able to do that and i was even seeing today things floating around in the tampa world of like do we bring james James back back? (laughs) oh my god now that would be amazing the bucks don't
1: have any money because of the deal that they had with tom brady so yeah i think Jameis winston will end up getting cut post june first because that saves the saints more money so yeah he will be a cap casualty but Jameis is most likely i'm thinking going to be a Back
2: up the rest has of to his be. career. It yeah. has to be. Because of all the interceptions. I'll say this much, you know, the notion of the Titans cutting cap space, are they tanking? You look at the Saints, if those pieces don't come together, are they tanking? Mm-hmm. You look at Tampa, knowing the cap hell that they are currently facing, they had to let Donovan Smith walk today and release him after eight years as their starting tackle. Yeah. Right now, Kyle Trask is their quarterback. Mm-hmm. And there's no way that's the are, only guys. I right. cannot
0: see Godwin and Mike Evans all being on this team when the season starts. Right. I just
2: can't. So I bring up those three teams to also say this. This time last year, after they traded Russell Wilson, it looked like the Seattle Seahawks were tanking, and they were going to take a quarterback in the first round, mm-hmm. and they were going to completely rebuild, and Geno Smith was just a placeholder. And now what are they doing? Yeah. I mean, they well, went to the playoffs. So, it's, so I'm saying like – Well, he we, was competing with Drew Locke
3: also that that also that never
2: forget (laughs) never forget um but the point is had those here too (laughs) I don't want to write these teams off and just say like well that guy's a placeholder but like I I mean it's got to be you know anything can happen because again Seattle Seahawks and Geno Smith but like that was also with Pete Carroll as the head coach yeah um Like, I I don't really know what to make of, like, those three teams in particular. I think Mike Vrabel's a damn good coach. Mm -hmm. But, like, I I look at the quarterback situations in each of those franchises and their cities, and I'm just like – no, very You're glad. You're like, I, glad it's not. Very us. glad I cover the Jacksonville Jaguars because <laughs> we have had <laughs> a those
1: for years. Long this time. <laughs> had by the way, I a few weeks ago at a friend's housewarming party, I was introduced uh, to this girl, and her last name was Vrabel. And so, oh. of course, like the first thing I do, I'm right. like, Lauren, don't be nosy, don't be nosy. And I'm immediately like, Are you related to Tennessee's <laughs> <C's> head coach, <laughs> Mike Vrabel? I'm like, Okay, I'm just nosy by nature. <laughs> and she's like, Absolutely, yes. He's a relative. Oh, partner. really? Like, oh, look at that. Yeah. So I, I mean, like,
2: it's not that common of a name.
1: No, absolutely not. And so that's why said. I had to ask. And so then I was like, oh, we hate the tanks. But it's so nice to meet you. No, but uh, she's a Jags fan. She lives here, so yeah. it's all good. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it was it, it was interesting. Like, sometimes I feel like we think of these people in a vacuum. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you kind of forget, like, oh, yeah, they have extended family just like the rest of us. And so, like, if someone met, you know, my second cousin or something, mm-hmm. like, or second cousin once removed, whatever. I love all that Southern stuff. They, you know, I feel like it would be, terrible. Like, oh, we hate the Jags. <laughs> like, we hate the Jaguars, you know, radio shows. We're like, oh, wait, no, but that's my relative. All right, we've got one segment to go here on Helmets and Heels. JJ, do you have one more song lined up for us? And this time, I promise it will not go over my head.
3: Yeah, we'll we'll come <laughs> back with one of Taylor's.
1: Okay, all right, Taylor gets a second choice this evening. Again, our music theme Welcome to Calvin Ridley now that he has been reinstated for the Jags. We've got to talk a little college basketball and a whole lot more. You're listening to Helmets and Heels, driven by Tire Outlet on 1010XL 92.5 FM, live from the players.
0: A Tuesday night tradition in Duval. Helmets and Heels. Driven by Tire Outlet. Brought to you by Underwood Jewelers. On 1010XL.
2: This is the one tailored doll that you saw. That I would be on the same wavelength. Yes, yes, yes. yes. I see why.
1: Why? Yeah. Why would you choose Poker Face by Lady Gaga? <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't understand how that is. <laughs> come on, he gambled online. So, he didn't play poker. Well, here's the thing. I took the welcome Calvin Ridley in the literal sense. Yeah, of like welcome here. Yeah, yeah right. like how do I say you're welcome here in Jacksonville? So that's why I went with Welcome to Paradise. But you guys are much more sick, twisted individuals, <laughs> Taylor Doll and Dredgey Lasava. You guys immediately went to gambling. Well, hey.
3: if, if we want to <laughs> pick on your song, I mean, yeah. "Welcome to Paradise" is is an ironic song. It is,
1: it is. But I was assuming people either <laughs> yes. a don't know the song that well, or b weren't listening that That's closely. Right, <laughs> I understand. So I just went with. But yeah, you're right. It absolutely is. I but love there, the are, song. let's be let's be honest. There's like there's not welcome. Like I even googled like songs with pineapple because. The pineapple, you know, is a symbol of welcome. No, I think it has. Uh, I was going to say, um, the pineapple's no s- a symbol it's of it's a lot of swingers. things. It's <laughs> also, yes, <Yeah>. it's also a <laughs> symbol of something else. But if people, it, it's a very, like, old Southern tradition. If you see, like, pineapples at, like, a, like a wooden pineapple at someone's, uh, like, doorpost mm. or, like, a stone pineapple, that that literally means welcome. Mm. I don't know if that goes back to a Hawaii thing
0: or not. Uh, I'm but guessing that's where the swinging started then, too. <laughs> so I have a neighbor with a pineapple
3: thing on their car. Okay. That, that means would, they're swimming.
0: Is yeah. it is it upside down or is it, could it mean no. a couple of things? Oh.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think if it's like just the standard uh right side up, I think that just means welcome. And so okay. I I literally was like there's no songs with pineapple. What am I going to do? So yeah, that's I came you up with have, welcome Yeah, Friday.
0: pineapple under the sea, SpongeBob. Yes. Pants.
1: I did not watch SpongeBob. That was a little young for me, but I bet the 3 of you did. Oh yeah. I did. Tines. JJ.
3: Obsessed. <laughs>
2: right and not yeah i'm looking
3: forward to having a kid just so i have an excuse to watch watch
2: jj's been engaged like a week and a half and he's already talking kids yeah by the way i
3: was only on a long long time
2: i was only on the show
1: for one segment last week because we were at the combine so i have not formally said on air to you jj congratulations thank you very much did you tell the story of how you proposed last week yes okay so on helmets and heels and on exo primetime
3: I think I'm. I, I think I said it a lot to a lot of people.
1: <laughs> okay, like a, so if I want to hear it, I'll just come back. <laughs> all right, uh, Mia, I won't make make you tell it again, but good job and congratulations again, uh,
2: Mia. When it comes to
1: the men's basketball world, what's the latest?
2: Yeah, it's upon us. This is March, folks. Very exciting. Um, I will say this: a lot of Canes fans puffing out their chest these days and saying basketball school. Oh yeah, basketball's been on it co-champs of the ACC in the regular season we'll see how things shake out in the ACC tournament this week up in North Carolina but they do clock in in the O'Brien poll at number 14 and they clock in in the actual AP top 25 poll at number 14 as well they share the conference crown with Virginia they only played them once this year but they beat them so I know you're angry Canes fans I heard Joe Yu. He was very frustrated. The rules are the rules. At the end of the day, (laughs) Miami is the top team in the state of Florida. At least at the end of the regular season, do you want to get by some, a wide margin rather yes. than maybe
1: FAU would maybe be yeah correct
2: FAU second, that second in receiving votes they were in the O'Brien poll as was Oral Roberts who have won 16 straight games in the Summit League by the way. Uh, Max Oral 8- Roberts
1: knocked Florida out of the NCAA tournament. Uh, yeah. yeah, Max a's a's. I, was about to say, I remember this
2: name and I don't know why.
0: <laughs> Florida thought it was going to be
1: an like, easy is this path. Uh, right. Not.
2: Remember Max Avesmiz? Apes- <laughs> Avesmiz. I can mm-hmm. never pronounce his name right. He's yep. still there. Okay. He's still dropping dimes, wow. still dropping, dropping, you know, points and buckets. And so, yeah, so he's still there. So there's still obviously a threat um, in the NCAA tournament should they advance out of the Summit League. Um, obviously, the NCAA tournament starts next week, Selection Sunday, less than a week away. And so it's a very exciting time. Uh, we heard some of our friends who just popped over here reference the Kansas Jayhawks, uh, the Big 12 tournament Down in Kansas, I shouldn't say down, up in Kansas City is this week, and obviously it's the most loaded with, I believe it's now six teams that are ranked in the AP Top 25 this week. So it'll be a loaded field in Kansas City, the most fun, I would say, of any – of the conference tournaments, uh, Kansas uh, checks in at number three again in the AP poll behind Houston at number one in the of the American Athletic and then UCLA up to number two Ooh. in the polls after Purdue and Alabama both suffered losses last week. And so, um, you know, it'll be very curious to see a lot of parody headed into the NCAA tournament. If you're looking for a sleeper team, as I'm sure many of you are, obviously we want to see how the conference tournaments play out, although it is worth noting that so often we see the teams that win the conference tournament get upset in the first or second round of the yeah. NCAA tournament for whatever the reason. Um, but if I'm looking at right now as like the team who I'm like, all right, this team's built for March, I can see this team making a run. It is that UCLA squad with Tommy Hawkes and Tiger Campbell. You probably remember them from the yeah. 2021 tournament. Yeah. yeah, where they, you know, in the bubble where they made the final four run. Um, that was, was fun. That was a
0: fun team to watch. Super
2: fun team. Everybody was really, really high on them last year. Mm-hmm. They obviously underperformed, even though they made an Elite Eight. People forget that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would pick UCLA. I would also pick Kansas because despite losing 75% of their scoring from the national championship team a year ago, uh, they won the big 12 for the 14th time in 16 seasons. Casual Bill self is undefeated against father time. And so I, I, those two are like my two safe picks. If you're looking for somebody an early pick Purdue, Zach Edie is probably going to win national player of the year. I'm calling it now. Um, most likely, at least, especially in light of all the Brandon Miller drama in hmm. Tuscaloosa, if you know that what I mean, that seems to have died um, down a lot. Died though. down a lot, yes. I will tell you this, like especially because I had to cast a lot of my like end of season polls and All American ballots as an AP voter, and JJ and I talked about this on XL Primetime. Like you can only judge him for what he does on the court, like, you know, and that's why he was the SEC player of the year, SEC newcomer of the year. Like, you know, it it is what it is, but I Mm -hmm. do think that when push comes to shove, more voters will pick Zach Eady, even though that Purdue team self-admitted is really not as athletically gifted as some of these other teams, they just play really well as a unit. Um, and so it'll be really curious to see what happens. The Big Ten hasn't had a national champion since Miz- Michigan State in 2000. We're at 23 years
0: wow.
2: um, since the last Big Ten team won a national title. and so
1: Florida didn't let Ohio State win. Yep, yep Ken,
2: Ken Purdue. Fi- and Wisconsin couldn't get past Duke in 2015. So, Ken Purdue finally end that drought. And so, uh, very exciting stuff in the men's uh, ranks. And, of course, I'd be remiss if I don't shout out the back-to-back Big Ten women's basketball tournament championship. <laughs> (laughs) Iowa Hawkeyes. Um, I'm very proud of the fact that I converted an entire um, restaurant slash bar in St. Augustine on Sunday to Caitlin Clark believers um, because she is the whole place. Yes, the whole uh, mehens, the entire upper like tier, where there's that second bar between the bartenders, the servers, some of the um, retiree couples, and there was a couple groups around us. Like, they all just kept looking at me every time she dropped to three. I mean, it like, listen, so she had, what was it, 30 points, 30. 17 assists, 11 rebounds. When she got the 11th rebound for the triple-double, like, that's when the whole arena went nuts, even though Iowa was up 20 most of the way. Um, so, yeah, I mean, listen, I know that all of you listening out there love to, like, chuckle and change the channel whenever I talk about Iowa. But go watch Caitlin Clark. I mean, Kevin Durant says he believes she's the best player, men or, man or woman, right now in the college ranks today. Um, and it's just, you know, even if you don't watch basketball, it's exciting.
1: Well done. How much do people pressure you to get advice for their brackets?
2: Um, really not as much. If anything, I get a lot of people who, like, randomly in, like, m- in January will lobby for their team mm-hmm. in the top 25. A lot of Missouri and Maryland fans, if you're listening, you know who you are, um, which is, like, kind of random. Um, But like, yeah, I get more of that than I do like, hey, who's good, who's not good. But now that the toothpaste is out of the tube, Lauren, maybe uh, maybe I'll be getting more of those on the text line and on the Twitter machine, which more than happy to help anybody.
1: Sounds good. Uh, Taylor, I know you always need help with your bracket. Uh, because you don't watch any college basketball. Speaking of watching. That might so, be a good thing,
2: though. It's almost yeah. better when you're just throwing darts. I that
1: know, like, true.
0: just enough to where I can – and especially because I don't start really paying attention until it's closer. So, usually, I'm like – I know the teams that are, like, playing hot recently and, like, whatever. But now I feel like I know even more this year
2: because of <laughs> me. Though. By the way, worth noting, Florida State season came to an end today, yes. 9-23. and as Georgia Tech comes back to win that one, 61-60. Only one massive game tonight per se, or should I say top 25 game, and that is the Western Conference Tournament Championship game between Gonzaga and St. Mary's, both top 25 teams throughout the course of this season. St. Mary's got a scare last night from BYU, but they held on, and so it'll be a good one out in beautiful Las Vegas at 9 o'clock.
1: Good to know. Yeah. Florida State and the basketball team had less wins than the football team. Isn't that wow? Uh, something that for this season? Number. Yeah. Uh, so speaking of watching, so this was my weekend. So Friday night, number one, Oklahoma was playing host to number two, Florida in gymnastics. Uh, my head coach, Jenny Rowland, head coach of Florida women's gymnastics, just decided we're not going to have our best gymnasts. Give it a go tonight. We're going to rest them. Uh, the postseason is more important. So it really wasn't that exciting. Uh Multiple gymnasts stepped out of bounds on floor. The bars didn't go – or ballers went okay, but uh, beam didn't go so well either. So that was uh, no bueno. But then Saturday it came to the Florida Bens basketball team playing host to LSU, final regular season game of the season. Uh-huh. I was not that excited about it. This season's going nowhere. And all of a sudden, Florida wins, and I'm like, all right, Well, that one kid,
0: Riley Kugel, C- I Cugel, guess Cugel, yep, he's Riley been playing so well yes, recently. he I feel he like is fantastic. I did not hear anything about him, and then all of a sudden in this last month, I guess more so since Colin Castleton, yeah. he's had more minutes. But every game, he's, I think he had 21 the other day, 17 in the second half. I was like, wow, this kid is just – Yeah, seems, it, throughout, like, it,
1: throughout the – probably midway through the first half of the season Frank asked us on the show like all right who's the second best player because obviously Colin Castleton was the best and I was like I think it's Riley Kugel and he agreed with me and so I think that he's yes he's just a freshman so he's certainly been developing Mm -hmm. and then yeah once Castleton went out with the injury a lot more weight has been you know put on him and I think the great part is that he's been able to play really well even though teams know he's the guy now yeah uh and so it'll be Hopefully, it'll be fun to watch him next season as a Florida Gator, mm-hmm. uh, but if he wants to, and I'm not going to say transfer, but if he wants to go try it out professionally, then that uh, certainly would make me very sad because he's by far the best player yeah. uh, on this team now. So I watched that Saturday. Obviously, watched the Combine all weekend long, and then, you know, it basically... Turn to the players, and now I'm just so excited to have golf all weekend. And I certainly watched a lot of Bay Hill. Mm -hmm. Uh, I love, I love watching golf, especially when I don't have a bet riding on it, so it doesn't really matter. I can just sit back, relax, and enjoy it. Uh, But I can't wait to watch golf all week long, Taylor.
0: I'm excited too, and obviously, I will not be out here tomorrow, but Thursday, Friday, Saturday, I'll be out here, and I love it. Like it's one of the things. And we had the preview party on Friday. And first of all, there's so many food. I'm going to eat so much food. <laughs> I already <laughs> I said, ate two lunches food, today. Food, drinks, and <laughs> golf are what my next days look like. And it's funny because I, I like posted something. Obviously, I have a decent amount of Bears followers. And they, they're they not in this world of Players' Championship Week is Players' Championship Week. So I was like, guys, just to let you know, this week is golf for me. That's the only time you'll hear it all year. <laughs> but it's here. And it is what it is. So I, I'm ex- I'm excited. There's a lot of storylines, obviously, when like the bigger storylines coming up and how much that top player in the world has flip-flopped through the per- first two and a half months of the year or I guess now three months of the year so I think it'll be fun it's gonna be a fun week
2: and tell Lauren uh you have uh, a golfer you already have your eye on and apparently um a sportscaster in town who are nameless almost ran him over in the parking lot today <laughs> oh no yeah I was saying because I'm I was like I'm rooting I always randomly
0: find somebody last year I was actually rooting for Cam Smith because I wanted I like the mullet um, this year, it's Victor Hovland, and I feel, and it was, I was doing some of our graphics to go up on social media. And as I'm going, I'm like putting everything together, and I'm like, oh, he's pretty cute. I'm gonna cheer for Victor <laughs> Hovland this week. But then as I'm saying that, like kind of just joking, telling them why one, yes, another media personality here in Jacksonville walked by, he's like, oh, I almost ran him over with my golf cart <laughs> <laughs> earlier. I
1: was like, oh no. Oh no. I almost had right. a bad start. <laughs> I will tell you, this is going to uh, sound like a long time ago now. Back in 2004, when I came to the players, uh, I thought, and I had graduated from college, uh, I thought Adam Scott was mm-hmm. very attractive, mm-hmm. and he won that year. Oh, and so, so maybe, maybe, that's maybe it, it is good that's luck. Yeah, certainly. And and you know, that's the fun part is whether it's Ricky Fowler or Rory McIlroy or... Adam Scott or you know the list goes on of of former champions that are out here Kim Smith Mm -hmm. obviously not this year uh, due to the live circumstances but uh, you can follow so many different guys and they're you know, they're so much fun to watch and to kind of, especially tomorrow during the practice round, you can get a lot closer and have great access.
2: Did you guys watch Full Swing at all yet? The Netflix I've seen, show?
1: I've seen the first two or three episodes. Yeah. I need to keep working. I've seen it. the
2: first three. Okay. Um, really, really like it. It officially was renewed for a second season today. Okay. So I I I'm sure that. they are out here on the course at the players championship yes. somewhere. Um, it was a, um, frightening and laughable watching last year's players championship be relived in episode three. And by frightening and laughable, I mean the monsoon and the 40 year flood that we had um, that we don't have this year. Thank God. Um, But also, you know, to the point about the live golf series, you know, you really get taken behind the scenes of what went into the decision for some of these guys. And while they don't paint a picture of what it was good or it was bad per se, they kind of leave it up to your interpretation. It is fascinating to know the money part of it. And now hearing commissioner Monahan this morning, talking about all the guaranteed money and the changes to the tour. I, I saw a couple uh, other golf personalities like tweeting out that like, it's very clear and talking to the players, like they're done talking about it. Like mm-hmm. if you went to live great, because you yeah. wanted your money, if you stayed with the tour, great. You're going to get more money now. Like, we're here to play. Yep. Mm. We already made our decision before this, yeah. and now we're going to ride with it. And if anything, you know, Commissioner Monahan was asked about, would you accept players from Live who leave or if the league was to ever disband? And he said, I don't deal in hypotheticals. Yeah. Um, but our stance has remained mm-hmm. unchanged.
0: Well, and even I think it was McElroy today who kind of went in and he was – in a way complimenting a little bit, even though he's been the voice of the other side, he's, he was kind of like, Hey, it pushed
2: some things to happen on the yep. PGA tour that may have not happened. If that if lived in not start. Right. Exactly, and then obviously I saw a couple of folks on Twitter, some of our listeners who may not be as familiar with golf, and obviously they just follow it this week when the PGA Tour comes officially to the Players' Championship. Of course, it's housed here as so the um, World Golf Headquarters, if you may, of the country, but they were asking with regards to the Masters and the Open Championship and the other majors if those players will be eligible to play, and as of now, they are. And like I said, Cam Smith, number five goal the world he is not eligible to defend his title the players championship he can play at augusta in a few weeks and uh yeah i think he is eligible to potentially get a patron ticket here into the course this week but we'll see if that actually comes to fruition
1: all right. Well, thanks so much to the players for having us out tonight. Riley Green was fantastic and they certainly do an exemplary job of honoring our active duty and our military veterans. And we certainly appreciate all that they do in our community as well. If you've never been out here to the players, highly recommend checking out 17. Uh, it is iconic and it is just a, such a fun hole to watch. Even if you're here on a practice day uh, or if you're here for uh, tournament competition beginning on Thursday for Mia O'Brien for Taylor doll. I'm Lauren Brooks. Thanks to JJ La Selva back at Tenton xl headquarters. And of course, thanks to our engineer, extraordinary Richie for being on site here. Don't go anywhere into the night with Rick Blue Comes up next right here on 1010XL 92.5 no FM. <laughs>